again and welcome to episode 6 of Mass Movement Presents. I'm Chris and I'm joined as always by Tim. Uh, thank you sir. Now available on iTunes, Podbean as well as massmovement.co.uk. Well yeah that's just the Podbean link. Yeah let's get them to the site. Shh okay. Uh, anyway this episode we'll be uh, talking about a host of different topics uh, as always including one of my all time favourite shows The Twilight Zone. The classic Twilight Zone. The classic Twilight Zone. Yeah yeah. We're going to shoot a breeze about the new album from Ramallah. Ramallah, yeah. Ramallah. <laughs> uh, we'll tell you all about Tim's book launching in Bridgend and London Woo. for Compression. And obviously Punk Fraction as well. Let's not, not well, Punk Fraction, we can't, we can't not mention David. Exactly, yeah, yeah. And uh, with Tyson Fury currently venturing into the WWE at Crown Jewel, we'll take a look at some of the best and the worst of celebrity WWE appearances. Top of that, we'll have some top tunes from Engineer Records and as an interview with the Barstool Preachers. Plus some other topics as well, whatever comes to mind. And whatever else through. comes to mind in between. As we're going obviously. through. Well, yeah. well, 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 well. So, without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, everybody. This is Igor Cavalera from Pepric, Cavalera Conspiracy, and you guys are listening to Mass Movement Podcast. Right, so, so what do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about your book launches. My book launches. Compression is out. It's out. It's on. You can buy it on Amazon. Okay, great. So the first book launch was in. It was a soft launch, wasn't it? Yeah, in soft launch. Bridgend, Bang on Brewery. Bang on Brewery. That was hell of a day. Yeah, I, I, I can attest to that. I was there. I was there. And, uh, <laughs> Not that you can remember much about the it. The day after hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was such a great venue for a book launch. Yeah. We had good beer, good food. Some great, some great bands playing. Some well. great bands, yeah. Shout out to all the bands that play. We had Who the Monsters, we had System Reset, yeah. Uh, we had They Live We Sleep, and we had State of Decay. They, I stand up band for you. They Live We Sleep. Yeah, I'll go with that. Absolutely, just they killed oh it. Oh my god. Yeah, I gotta get a track from those guys for the podcast. So no, I, I, they just blew my mind. Yeah, Actually, yeah, that was absolutely everything I wanted to be to, to finish the night. They just came on and absolutely destroyed. Local boys too. So uh, are they? Yeah. Where are they from? Uh, it's Cardiff and surrounding. No way. Yep. So they we are, are monstrous. Yeah, yeah. Really good. We enjoyed them. Wow. Okay. Stay the K filled in uh, Stay, last minute. Oh, Stay sorry. the K. I, I, I love that band. Anyway. Yeah. Over the moon with that. Just proper nasty grinding hardcore that just slaps you upside the head and goes. Yeah. Have a bit of this sunshine. Exactly. <laughs> Think you're having a nice day? Not anymore. System reset. Always brilliant. Always brilliant. Yeah, always. Oh, they always deliver. Always uh, fun. Always funny. And always good fun. Personal guys. But they got a sort of uh, serious message behind the fun, don't they? Really? You know? Yeah, yeah. They deal it's, with, what is, uh, it's really weird, right? Hearing Sutton being serious, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about his genitalia. Yeah. It's really, really odd. <laughs> or bodily functions, or, or you know, some bizarre form of pornography he's discovered on the internet that week. It's just <laughs> really, really odd. And obviously there was our boy Gav's lot in uh, Who Are the Monsters. They just run Dinosaur Junior. Dinosaur, it's like Dinosaur Junior amplified and yeah. to the next level. Yeah. Without vocals. 22 pedals we counted. 22 pedals? Yeah. That's just proper gazy. <laughs> How many pedals do you have this for? I've watched 16 pedals. <laughs> In another life, I, I'm sure Gav was the train spotter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. He, he has that sort of mentality. You know, it's like... <laughs> Focusing at home, focusing on home. I must collect the numbers from this engine. I've got 22 pedals from my guitar. <laughs> I love him, really, and he knows it. So, uh, yeah, there was good food with... Uh... Greedy Pig. Yeah, they do, do an awesome jackfruit burger. 
the Jackford brochure was so good. So good. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, not being a Grayson hippie, I, I didn't have that. I had a proper burger. And of course, it was all set in Bang On Brewery, the actual yeah. brewery uh, yeah, yeah. where the band well, played. Place, but it's just cool, isn't it? Just yeah. playing in the brewery and then you'd be in the bar next door with the books and stuff. And yeah. It was just it was a really nice juxtaposition. Yeah. Between two, I, I really enjoyed it. Such a good venue. Neil can, couldn't do enough to help. Oh, Neil's, a, well, Neil's an awesome fellow anyway. So yeah, thoroughly recommend that place. It's a little bit off the map, but it's worth venturing to. Well, that's the beauty of it. If you have shows there, nobody can complain at that time of the night. Cause, yeah. Because you're on an industrial estate, nobody gives a stuff. Nobody gives a, Yeah. Nobody cares. You're just there. So you be as loud and noisy as you like and just drink as much as you want and go out and <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that was one successful night you had. Yeah. And then almost a week ago, you were in London for the yeah. launch at the Cartoon the Museum. Cartoon Museum, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I pulled a sickie for that one with yeah. a broken ear. Oh, <laughs> cry baby Chris phoned up. I can't go, the doctor won't let me. I, oh, I found I can't go to gigs oh, anymore. I'm a bit crap today, I can't go. So, yeah, so Chris couldn't go. So, uh, so I went to rely on you to talk about That was a monstrous day. Yeah? Yeah, so we left at, um, like, 11. Right. And... By the time we got the card in my cartoon museum, I parked up, caught the tube and everything else. It was like quarter to four, maybe ten to four, something like that. And it was due to start at half five, and people started trickling in. So Alex, Alexander Sanders, who wrote Cross Over the Edge. Oh, he was busy. Yeah, he came. No it, was, it was awesome. That's then. so cool. And Joel from Tripwire popped in. He was there. Excellent. And um, my mate Adam, who I've known since I was like seven years shout old. Shout out to Adam. Oh, I'll shout out to Adam. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Completely insane, but lovely. Um, <laughs> So we went along and it was it was just one of those nights where I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. Rachel didn't know what she was supposed to be the artist for the book. Right. So we were just like pressing flesh and talking to people and you know and it was it was weird to be on the other side of that thing where people are asking you questions. They go, so tell me about your book. It's like, uh, 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 and you don't know what to say. You you are literally, what do I say to this? How do I answer this? I, Shut I, and buy it. Well, I'm not gonna be. I'm not as rude as you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm as rude as you and I'm probably much ruder but I wasn't being rude then I was you know and it was it was just it was an enlightening experience uh, it was fun I mean the cartoon museum is awesome great venue great uh, oh it's just there's so, so much artwork there's original Frank Hampson artwork in there original, really? yeah down there pieces so I just stood there like oh hello Frank Frank hello. going out oh <laughs> there's original bits forget why you were there well there's original Brian Bollard artwork there's original Alan Davis artwork it's just phenomenal the guy's a, a uh, there's a like a picture of uh, it's an old D.R. and Quinch piece from 2018. It, sh- it shows you how it's all laid out. Right. Okay. So you've got the overlays and stuff. And yeah, yeah, works yeah. For the for the it was magnificent. I was just nerding out and then you know doing the book thing as well. It was just marvelous. Excellent. I, I felt like you know I'm on cloud nine. I was just like oh. I signed plenty of books. I think yeah. Yeah, I signed some books. I didn't draw dongs and many. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I, yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, but I was only doing it when people asked me. The dong me to, requests. Oh, but people, I, I can't believe that. People actually asking me to draw dongs in their books. It was mental. <laughs> but, you know, it was fun. Well, it's something unique, isn't it? Yeah. I just showed I'm not a very good artist. <laughs> very I good dong draw, artist. I, I, I can't draw. That's about all I can draw, and I can't draw them very well. <laughs> so, what the hell is wrong with you? It doesn't look like that, is it? Well, occasionally. <laughs> So that was, it was fun, it was good. Yeah. I mean, the book's out now. You can get it on uh, Amazon. And, uh, I think you can order it from uh, Earth Island Books as well. Have you hit the stores yet? Or? Well, you can go and order it because it's got an ISBN. Oh, yeah, so yeah, you can go yeah, into yeah, any bookshop and actually order it. Just ask for compression uh, on Earth Island Books by Tim Cundall and it'll pop up and you can order it at any bookstore. We've had a couple of nice reviews already. Yeah, so, uh, which is surprising. It's, uh, which must be nice for you too. 
Yeah, but it's kind of flattering and kind of odd because you're just still in sort of a daze with the launches and then the reviews happen and you go, wow, okay, woof. So you liked yeah. it, yeah. Um, cool. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah, I bet. But still sort of like <laughs> really <laughs> definite, yeah. Okay, so grab them now, like it says, out on Amazon. Compression by Tim Kundle and Punk Faction BHP. Punk Faction oh, BHP, uh, by David Gamage. Yeah, pick up uh, two quality books, pick them up. Mag I keep getting keeps getting these from tomorrow's publishing. It's called Retro Mag. Yes. And it is literally the best magazine in the world at the moment. It's sort of all the retro fads you love from the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, and the eighties. It, it literally cuts off of the eighties, and that's it. So um, I, I know nothing about it. So is this, is this a new thing? Uh, issue six. Okay. Uh, so it's like it's like a quarterly thing. And the new issue's got this massive interview with Sven Gulli, and there's okay. Uh, there's a massive interview with Butch, Butch Patrick. And it features all that kind of stuff, so like the monsters through to horror hosts and Rubik's cubes and all the. So it's aimed at. I think this issue, there's a thing about the alien toys. And when do you remember when Alien got yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the film was released, right? So yeah. there's, they did a, like an 18 inch Alien. Yeah, yeah. Darling. It's a feature all about that and how that got commissioned because Alien wasn't a film for kids, but these toys were aimed at kids. And it's all about like the toys you love from yesteryear, the theme parks, the the films, the TV series, the Saturday morning TV series, and there's, like, speaking about the current issue, there's a thing about Ghostbusters in there. Right. Which was actually a TV show in the 70s before it was, it was a completely different idea, sort of, you're, you're busting ghosts and that kind of thing. Okay. The show was called The Ghostbusters before Dan Aykroyd's film came out in 83. This was in really? 1975, yeah. And there was a massive court case about it and all sorts. It was just marvellous. just read it well, I didn't know until I read this issue. That is crazy. It's, it's mental stuff you learn from these, this mag. It's really cool. It's like Tomorrow's Publishing. Just go online, look up Tomorrow's Publishing, and there's Retro Mag. It's like $8 or something, and it's worth every cent you pay wow. for. It's fantastic. And Absolutely. I take it it's aimed at sort of, uh, what, 35 and up? I, I, I mean, anybody can get something from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you really want to luxuriate in it, yeah, I would say 35 and over, like okay. 35 to 65, just that sort of... Oh, so we've, no we've, we've been left behind by culture. You know, culture's left, culture's deserted. And I don't understand what's going on anymore. Who are you? I don't know. I don't even know what my name is when I wake up in the morning. Give me a cup of coffee. That kind of thing, you know. So let's read about our culture. Yeah, well, it's like people have trouble working Netflix. I generation <laughs> don't understand it. Look at all their pictures. I don't know what's going on. Why am I supposed to watch? Oh look, there's Bill Murray. I remember him. That kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, check it out, Retromag, man. Sounds awesome. I'm all over that. It is. Hi there, this is H from Acid Rain, and you are listening to the Mass Movement Podcast because you're a sensible, clever, smart individual. Critical Role. I'm yeah. so ashamed about this. I've heard about it. This is confession. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm a long-standing gamer. Right? I've been playing D&D for 35 and some change years. Yeah. Right? But apparently there's this show, uh, this group of people called Critical Role. Mm-hmm. And there's a thing called Vox Machina. It's like a campaign, it's like a podcast about people playing D&D. Okay. So all these voice actors get together and they play D&D and they record the podcast. And it's become hugely popular, like millions and millions of downloads. And Dark Horse have done a comic series, Critical Role Vox Machina Origins. And it's just come out in the trade paperback, the graphic novel form. So that arrived. And much to my chagrin, I didn't you know, know anything about it, so I thought, well, I'll plunge it and read it. It's absolutely brilliant. 
It's, it's, it's literally like everything you know about playing D&D. If you play D&D, when you read this, you'll recognise yourself and you'll recognise character development because it's just literally like, oh, okay, I know this, I, I recognise this, this is this is my party of adventures. It's brilliant. It's so funny. sorry, it's voice actors, is that what you're saying? Yeah, they're voice actors, they got together. And they got together. So they, they got together and they, and they formed this group and they played D&D and they recorded it as a podcast and it's like two series. <clears> There's like 300 episodes of this thing. Wow. And so all I got, when I got the end of this graph, I thought, I thought, well, I've got 300 episodes of a podcast to catch up on. <laughs> Nobody's going to see me for ages. I'm going to be walking around, be like Grizzly Adams with a big beard, hanging out in the woods. Yeah, wrestling to the episode, <laughs> running away and just not doing anything. Just yeah, yeah. I do love that feeling when you find a new podcast or a new oh, whatever music, and you know you've got. Yeah. Like if you find a new band that's been around forever, but suddenly yeah. you, they've struck a chord with you. Right, and it's kind of like oh, yeah. I got this whole back catalog to go through now. Yeah, but that, when bands are and they suddenly struck a chord, you even even though you know they've existed before. Yeah. When you go back there, back out, you go, well, that's desperately disappointing, isn't it? I, I <laughs> yeah. now remember why I didn't like you before, because <laughs> yeah. this is disastrous. No, I, I shall not listen to you anymore. But usually with podcasts, it's you usually, go back yeah. and there's, there's something really great. Yeah. Like my favourite podcast of all time is Nostalgia still. Apart from this one, obviously. Apart from this one. Oh! <laughs> but my, it's, it's still Nostalgia. Yeah. Because I absolutely adore it. Those four people just talking about Disneyland and, and everything Disney related. And their passion is incredible. And it just kind of sucks you in and drives you along. And, of course, Kevin Smith. Yes. Oh, and Mark yeah. Bernardin. Fat Man Beyond is just brilliant. But I think I'm going to start having to list a critical role because, damn them, they've sucked me in with their terrible graphic novel. Well, I say terrible, I mean terribly good graphic novel. <laughs> okay, cool. Know. Should we have a, a track? Yeah, yeah, give us a track. Okay, you've heard Sleeve. I love Sleeve. You like Sleeve. Yeah, I love, I love Sleeve because, you know, I'm, I was terribly disappointed when Morrissey became an outright fascist. And... Pissed on the Smith's legacy, basically. Nice. So and Sleeve, which is like a hardcore version of the Smiths, they're brilliant. Excellent. Well, this is called Sweat, and it's from the album Don't Expect Anything on Engineer Records.
Okay, so that was Sleeve with Swept from the album Don't Expect Anything, out now on Engineer Records. We were just talking about um, H from Acid Rain. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> his, uh, his interview last week, it was just uh, it was such fun to sort of listen to and edit. That guy's, uh, that guy's awesome. Oh, he's a star, man. He's, he's just funny. And you, you can't take anything away from him because he's just... What you see is what you get. Yeah. And he's the same every single time you bump into him. There's no... No pretensions or anything. He's just H all the time. And he's literally on all the time. He's like, yeah, 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 let's go. Uh. He's a funny dude. You know, he's, got, he's got a career in comedy as well, hasn't he? Yeah. He seems a natural at it. I mean, he was just... The banter with you two was, was, was amazing. Well, well, I, I, I like to think I can keep up with banter. I'm old, but I'm not that old. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't checked it out, check out uh, last week's episode, episode five of the Mass Room Presents podcast. Because it's quite funny. It is It is hilarious. H is a star. Thanks again, H. You're awesome. Woo! Right, let's talk albums. Music. 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 Uh, the new uh, Ramala album. Ramala. Ramala. You say Ramalama. Ooh. Ramalama, Lama, Ding Dong. I was. You were, you were going to go full Animal House on me. I nearly went in there. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the, the new Ramala, Ramala album yeah, yeah. is absolutely stunning. Oh, it's just blood for blood. Yeah. Blood for blood with, with white, white trash Rob singing. So yeah. Get rid of the Buddha. Fantastic record. I miss that band. I miss Blood for Blood so much. Oh, mate. Or just horrible way to end. But. Yeah, but your heart aches for. I might, you know, not for not being able to see him. I saw him once. Yeah. Enough, I got to see him in London when they did their infamous thirty-minute set. What you saying there? Yeah. And it was, it was, oh, mate, it was worth travelling for just to see him for thirty minutes doing their thing was worth travelling. Why did they only play for thirty minutes? Was that the other bands overran, and so oh, we were yeah, in the underworld, yeah. and they were gonna they had the ten thirty curfew. So Blood for Blood hit the stage at 10 o'clock. And they blitzed through everything until half past 10. And it was just phenomenal. It was just it was just worth being there for that. Just for that. It was just incredible. So, I mean, the spirit of Blood for Blood lives on, obviously. In, oh, in Ramallah, yeah. Ramallah. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's nothing, like their, it's nothing like their other stuff. This is just a, this is just Blood for yeah. Blood Blood for Blood Part 2. It's like, yeah, they switched it up a bit, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. yeah but it's, so, it's good. I last it. Gasp of Street Rock and Roll. Yeah. Um, I hope it's not the Last Gasp of Street Rock and Roll because... I just hope White Trash Rob keeps doing this, keeps churning this out because this is what he's good at. Absolutely phenomenal in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Well, yeah. He's proved that you know the heart and soul, he was the heart and soul of Blood for Blood. No matter what anybody else says, he wrote all that music. Everything that that band was is is him. For sure. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. this this record proves it. It's just phenomenal. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible. Well, I'm glad he, I'm glad they're back. I hope they tour. Yeah, I hope they tour. I mean, right, I, yeah. I don't know what Rob's health's like these days. Right. Because he's had his various problems. That's right, Various yeah. issues. But, you know, haven't we all and don't we all encounter these stumbling blocks along the roads of life? <laughs> As it were. Yeah, but we'll be there. If they tour, we'll be oh, there, for sure. without a doubt, mate. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Beyond any shadow. And we will travel. Oh, yes. To Londinium. <laughs> to Nodlon. <laughs> I shall travel to London. <laughs> I shall not go any further than London. <laughs> Yes, London, check it out now. London La- is the place I will go to. <laughs> Was it the last gas move? Street Rock and Street Roll. Street Rock and Roll. Yeah, right. Out now. Grade 2. Oh, mate. Oh, um, mate. I, how have this band passed underneath my radar? I have no idea. And they're all about, they look about 15 and this is about the 18th They're early album. 20s. I mean, I know they've got a couple of records out at least on Pirates Press before this, but yeah. this new album, Graveyard Island, is just, my goodness. It's like... Rancid meets the business. Yes, yeah, that's a good. Um, I'll go with and that. It's yeah, just, you know, with a, with a, maybe with a touch of cock sparrow thrown in. Fantastic, yeah. just proper balls out punk rock and roll. But it's it's, it's, it's so catchy, catchy as well. Yeah, so catchy. Drags you in. Oh, it's infectious. 
damn these bloody kids. You know, I would have got away with getting out of the punk rock scene if I'd been for those damn men. <laughs> yeah. you know? But it's just the, the verses sort of catch you, but then yeah. it gets to the chorus, you're like, oh, I'm fully and in now. Musically, they just on it yeah, all yeah. The, oh. dual vocals sort of shared yeah. vocal style yeah, yeah, I just hate it when bands are that bloody talented yeah. you know and you go how can you write a whole album like this yeah. oh, you know, where did all the talent punk rocks go oh there you were those three chaps there. they were in Isle of Wight apparently uh, and they're from the Isle of Wight yeah. I, I have no idea where the Isle of Wight is <laughs> it's somewhere off the south coast I think <laughs> I think yeah south there somewhere it's the island that doesn't have, where the cats have normal tails because yeah. the other one they have chopped off tails <laughs> that's the Isle of Wight that's right yeah Manx cats, that's all. Right. It's not that. It's not the other man, and it's not where they have the TT race. It's the other one. I think it's on the other side of the country. I yeah. think there must I be think... something brewing over there. Some. Uh, for... yeah, have we ever had a punk band from Isle of Wight? I think. Or a hardcore band, or I don't know. Probably if if they hear this, they're probably strung string the pillows up. Don't you bloody Philistines know what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously not. We don't. But we're just being upgraded too because this new album's incredible. Oh, yeah. hell can now Graveyard Island. You. you Gotta hear it. What? Just, just hear it, buy it, do whatever you steal it. I don't care. <laughs> no? Walk it. Well, you can't right. even walk it to Woolworths and steal it. Walk it to Woolworths. <laughs> Woolworths. I'm sure, mate. Pick, get some pick and mix and then steal a great. Go pick great, up an all price. I'll, I'll steal a great two album. I'll just give me some pick and mix at the same time. <laughs> no, but seriously, check the album out. Great yeah, two. It's absolutely super storming. I love it. So we did an interview with the Barstool Preachers. Yes, we did. Yeah, well, uh, it was Barstool. the first time we've done an interview sort of together as well. Joint interview, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was nice. It was. Uh, we nice. caught up with them uh, backstage at their show in Cardiff. Coming from bar. Um, the show itself was absolutely amazing. One, they were easily one of the best live bands I've seen in the last decade. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, it was uh, so good. And you know they are so on point from beginning to end. And you think, how are you doing this? I know you're like 15 years or some 15 years and a bit more younger than me. But you can dance like a madman. I can, <laughs> I can barely walk from the bar to the front of the stage. How are you doing this? How are you not a broken down wreck like me? You know? <laughs> well, prior to the show, we caught up with them uh, oh, backstage, the and uh, this is what they had to say. So who are BSP? BSP are Barstool Preachers from Brighton Town. I'm TJ. Good. So we've got a couple of lads that aren't here with us, the two Alexes. They're out making cakes in the back in a minute. Alex Wibbs is the drummer. And Alex Hay is the sim- uh, keyboard player. Right, so let's talk about this newest record, Classic Averno. Yeah, a year old last month. Happy birthday. Yeah, so in terms of evolu- musical evolution, mm-hmm. how do you think you progressed with this album? And thematically, what's the record about? With Grazzi, we, we started to understand what it was like to write as a group. So what we had with the first album was a lot of individuals bringing individually formed songs and then a group of people playing them and honing them and understanding their energy through playing them was a live set for three years before they even touched the record button. With Grazzi, we had a bunch of ideas and a bunch of players, but then we pressed record and went, right, okay, so here's what we've got. So we recorded it and then we shook some bits out and we recorded it again and, and, and really just went in there and changed the ideas in the songs before they'd even seen the light of day. We still don't play songs like Since You. We've still right. never been able to play, not that we've been able to, we've still never had the volition to play Cry Wolf. Because in a live set, people want to hear Trickle Down and Looking Lost from the first album instead. Yeah, yeah. So with this next, next one, um, we're doing a mixture of both. So we're, we've written the songs, and now we're trying three or four new songs out every night at all. Um, and learning about them that you would know 
Okay, so thematically, what was the rec- you know what was the record about? You know, there seemed to be like a structure to each song, so it yeah. they flowed into each other rather than not a concept album. Yeah, but a sort of an undercurrent running through the whole thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing we found out with the with the first album, it was kind of a mixture of political based oh, yeah. tunes and just you know love songs. Yeah. So we took that love and politics ethos. Manifested it into because a lot of people have said to me as well, like a lot of more, a lot of us, our style of writing is storytelling, sort of like it brings it back to that 60s yeah. storytelling. It's more of a yeah. folky approach to there's a start, yeah, yeah. a middle, and an end to the yeah. song. Yeah, it's got like a good story to it. So yeah. I think we, we we picked up on that a lot. We try to make it a lot more of a visual sort of. Do you know the story? You know the Grazzi Governo story, and I'm sure you've read yeah. it on the back of the album and, and all that. I mean, so when we when we found that message, when we found that that was a, a nut that we could put all of these angry political feelings, relatable songs about love, songs about you know fucking up and, and redeeming yourself, you know the the age old human drivers when we found that we could do all of that and tell it from only a couple of very narrow perspectives it really enabled us to as Gibbs you say sort of tie those themes together of love and politics you know for me it was always and one of the beauties of the band for me is it's such an honest band you know the sounds that the band makes are very much ours the stories that we tell they're broken hearts for example you know it's a, a classic love story you know within you know, three and a half minutes and for us, it's always been a case of if you can tell the story with as much authenticity as possible, then you're going to be able to reach a much wider audience. It's just part of the human condition. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and Grazi Governo was a great foray into that. Not a completed version of, of our version of that, but, but definitely uh, a, good, a good beginning twist into, into wondering what that is. So, with punk rock as a whole, in general, like other musical cultures and genres have fallen by the wayside, but punk, punk has always remained like a, a constant. Yeah. So, what's its enduring longevity? What what pulls people towards punk rock, in your opinion, while other cultures have fallen, fallen by the wayside and just drift, drift into nothing? For me, it's, it's a bit wider than that. I mean, at the moment, punk, punk needs to adapt. Punk needs, like, there are a lot of people that are going, punk is this, and it's about wearing this, and it's about looking this way and being that way. Or they're too hung up on, on the shock and awe aspects of, of what it had to be by necessity in the 70s. What it should, by right, be a fucking again right now, you know, in a lot of ways. That, that is needed. For us, though, it's a wider picture. It's known, knowing and understanding that punk, uh, reggae, uh, in a lot of places, grime and rap and these other stuff, they're all branches of the same trick. It's all the working class voice. It's all genuine, real emotion. And we're not trying to dress it up. Yeah, I think that's why punk is, is something that has withstood the test of time a little bit more. Because a lot of these songs, they were written as a fucking message. And there's no bells and whistles on it. So that message is still very, very accessible. Yeah, it's a short, sharp, shock. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons it's managed to, to maintain its longevity. I think the, the main reason nowadays, as we see from our crowds, is its inclusion. It's a very scary time that we live in at the moment, you know. It's a terrifying time. It really is a terrifying time. And there's never been a a more important time for bands to go, hang on a minute, leave that at the door as much as you can, come in, heal, let's be one of us, and then if you want to talk about it, let's talk about it. With with voices, with civil voices, with a... If 
feels like the 80s all over again. You know, it's like the Reagan thing all over well, again. Yeah, for those of us who were there, when we were there in the 80s, it was, it was fucking terrifying. Because yeah. you don't know if you're going to wake up one morning and the Warsaw Pact's going to master it or Reagan's going to say, well, it's, we're going to launch a strike from NATO. So you, you never knew what was going to happen to what was next. And it feels like that, not in terms of um, open warfare, but in terms of what's Brexit going to do to us, because that's the worst fucking idea that's ever. Yeah, that's all warfare. That's all, that's but, all like, warfare. That's warfare from the bridge against the poor. Like, that's class war. That's when we live. When we live, and I think cutting off the supply lines is the first thing. One off, definitely yeah. one off. I mean, I think when when we live in systems of propagated fear, when they are known to us, and we still live within them, there's only so much the human condition can take, in my opinion. Before you pick up a school and sh- pick up a gun and shoot down a school, that's what your, 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 your options are out there. Yeah. You, you drive a bus into the side of it. There is no way of venting that. You know, outside. Well, you, you and psyche can only take so much abuse before it snaps and something. There's, there's spot on. Yeah. Spot on. And we have this very strange ability as a collective psyche to, to assume people's guilt and that becomes really difficult yeah. because what we're doing all of a sudden is making excuses for people that absolutely should never be excused yeah. for the atrocities that they're doing and we're doing it on other people's behalf and for us it's like saying there are all these problems with Brexit well, well let's just shout the word Brexit yeah. No, let's let's look at an individual argument that we can then prove a fallacy. Well, there, there was it was that soundbite. Brexit means Brexit, but you're not explaining what it means. You're just throwing the word back at us. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it doesn't work. Absolutely. And it's, there was a thing that we saw Boris Johnson when he's touring an NHS hospital, and he's used it as a. Mm. Yeah. Watch that this morning. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and he do, says, you just use this press box. There's no press here. You're being filmed by the press because it's a. And, it's just like press You're going to believe anything I tell Absolutely. you. If I say it so many times, it's... Well, the other day, the police, the, sorry, the police the other day, when Boris Johnson made a statement about Brexit whilst he was lined up in front of the Metropolitan Police, yeah. which they're not allowed to do. Politicians aren't allowed to do that. But he lied to the police to get them there in the first place. And then the, the police chief came out the next day and said, I'm really, we're really sorry about that as the Met Police. We didn't know he was going to do that. Yeah. We don't stand... For this one person, we stand for the government, and we're still going to try and be nice, really. So he's yeah. in such a bubble of lies that he's so used to peddling. But he's he's it's that, so natural to him. And as well, totally. he's now propagating a lot of far right activity that never was there before, yeah. and there's all these people who are on the fence who are now they think it's all like Owen, like Owen, yeah, Owen, yeah, yeah. Owen Jones, the columnist recently, and the author, he recently he got, got attacked in the pub. Yeah. Some girl just got raped and G- journalist, wasn't it? Yeah. And these all Labour and like left, like Lib Dem or yeah. Green uh, members of Parliament, but aren't safe anymore because yeah. they're because of their views. But the world, but the world's not safe. Like if if you look at it in, in every step down, if we'd have had Bond, Boris Johnson pre-Trump, I would have laughed about it, in a way, you know, but the fact that he has shown that you can be an outspoken right-wing leader, an outspoken right-wing leader who deals in falsehoods almost entirely, and still manage to run for a second term, still manage to not get impeached in that and change all of this, and make all of this money off the system, I'm now going, Boris Johnson isn't the problem, it's the guy too two Johnsons down that's your far right problem yeah. and how scary is that yeah. like I'm accepting as a, as a you know as a, 
as a, a political fair right, yeah. I'm accepting the fact that this is my my future, my lot. Yeah. 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 See, I, I, I think if we start to accept this, that's when we've reached the problem we're from. You can't accept it. If you if you sit down and say, well, we just got to accept it. You don't have to accept it. You don't have to accept anything. We live in a democracy. Our voice is supposed to be heard. If you if you say, do we? Do, do well, we live in a democracy? We supposedly do. Right? But here you go, we live in a, a sovereign democracy. We do. Right? So, apparently, Parliament's voice, as being a sovereign democracy, is the voice that should be heard. And we enable leaders to speak for us. Yeah. Right? But if you parole Parliament to the point where they can't do their jobs, and then it becomes legally challenged, and even when it's legally challenged, you say, well, I'm not going to open Parliament anyway. You're not living in a democracy, you're living in a dictatorship. Absolutely. In, in all Absolutely. but... Absolutely. And I... I I would argue one step further than that. I would say when decisions are being able to be made above the national average household's income would be where I would draw the line. When decisions are being made past that without a decision being made by the people it affects, that's when you've lost your democracy. Yeah, when the only people running for government who see politics as a career option or all the intelligence and all private school boys that's when you really run yeah. the problems because they've got no idea how Absolutely. the rest of us live. They don't know what it's like to wake up one more and think, but, oh, can I pay the electric bill or can I not put it on the table? You're thing? totally right. Yeah. And I don't know how far we're going to be pushed before we snap. I honestly don't. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think that a, a big part of me, as a younger and less smoking and less mellow man, I would often think it was just around the corner. And then I went through a despondency a while and, and had some sort of nihilistic years where I kind of thought to myself, nothing's ever going to change. And now as a, as a, a learning pragmatist, you kind of go, well, you know, fucking I guess if it's going to be soon, then it's going to be soon. But I, I honestly don't know. I, can't, I, I couldn't even fathom a guess. You know what? Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see a revolution. It's not going to happen because people are too apathetic. Because people don't want to lose their Sky TV. People don't want to lose their internet. People don't want to lose their social yeah. media. They don't want to lose yeah. their... They don't want to have these basic things taken away from yeah. them. But there are so many falsehoods of dependency. There are, there are so many... We've been told that you need this. You've been told that you need that. Yeah. Your, your, your newest cars, your, your obsolescence... It all yeah, but you're also being, boils and feeds each other all of the time. You're being sold cars that you can't afford, right? Yeah. You're being sold a lifestyle choice yeah. that you can't, you can't afford. Yeah. You'll never be able to afford it. So what you do is you put money in hot. You get everything on the never never, yeah. and that's why it's the never never because you're never gonna own this shit. You're never gonna be able to spite yourself oh. because the rich don't want you to be there. Absolutely, and that's it. Absolutely, but I, I don't know how far it will, will go before we realise that the uh, and the only system that works is a system where people are directly represented within their own group. I'm not necessarily yeah. talking about unions. I'm not necessarily just talking about you know s- specific leftist qualities. But when a, a politician's wage is two million, and the average national household income for the, their constituents is 27, 28 grand. Less, less than less than that here. It's like the average national income where, where we are, the average local income where I live is, is less than 20 grand. Yeah. And I, you can't, you can't move out that area. You can't have your kids aspire to be better than you. Not at all. You'll never, you, yeah. you'll never you reach out on that heart ever, yeah. ever. You're an economic slave, and I, I honestly don't know if. The generation below us understand that. I, I honestly, I, I honestly don't know if our generation understand that. 
that's what fucks us off a lot. I don't think anybody's generation understands because nobody gives a shit because everybody gets their own sense of comfort and their own Mm -hmm. sense of entitlement. They they draw from life, but they want to draw from it. And as long as they're in their own home with you, I'm comfortable here. The outside world doesn't bother me. I've got to go out. Yeah, I've got to be out at seven o'clock in the morning to work my ass off till six o'clock, and then they're going to give me a fucking watch in thirty years and maybe a little bit of a pension. I'll be dead two years later anyway. Enjoy it. Yeah. Try and learn golf. Life is not supposed to be well. Life is supposed to be well. Experience the effort you can while you're fucking here. And that's that's what they've taken from us. And they have. And that's what Brexit has taken from us. Brexit has taken the right for you. Because you can't wake up one morning and say, you know what, today I want to go to Germany. Today I want to go to France. I want to study in Hollywood. We can't do that anymore because some fat old racist has decided, I don't like Johnny Farmer. And that's all it's it's about. And you think about the holiday trade, the holiday industry that, like, we export so many people every year to Europe just to go on holiday. Yeah. They've been had. They've had so much barrage of like, like propaganda. They're not gonna go for a two-week jaunt down in Europe, is it? No. My my favourite about that. It is, might bring. It might well, bring the. My, 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 my favourite about yeah. that is stop calling yourself a fucking expat. You're an immigrant. Yeah. 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 That's do, exactly do yourself what, a favour. Yeah. Stop calling yourself an expat. You're an immigrant. And the thing is, right. Everybody wants to go for a week, a week's journey in fucking Benidorm. The minute you vote, the minute you get the Brexit you voted for, that's going to cost you three times as much as it did the year before. Absolutely. So good luck. Go enjoy your holiday and sit on the beach again. Two and two. Bungle, will you pre-go with Jamie and then watch the finish this interview? No, yeah. what? Oh, sorry, I didn't miss That's right, honestly, we, we non-stop today. I've got punches that go in my pocket and I don't want it. No, you're all good, mate. So does punk always have to be political? Uh, no. No, of course it doesn't. No, nothing has to be done in absolutes. Um, Punk doesn't always have to be political, but I don't know many other vehicles that could be as effective at dealing with social justice than punk. Yeah. So I feel like if you if you are in a punk band and you're not using, we feel about this about bands that we play all the time. If you're you're in a position that you got this soapbox and you don't use it, right. that's a dereliction of duty. Yeah. In, in my eyes, about, about well, Somebody's got to stand up and say something. If something. You, yeah. If you, if it's always almost like you're self-elected representative, do this. Something. Yeah. Punk doesn't always have to be political. Um, for me, it kind of falls into the age-old thing of uh, not everybody who voted for Brexit is a racist. But yeah, but every racist, a racist every voted racist for Brexit. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of falls into that same category. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you guys spent a long time in the US. Yeah. So. Why did the US take it to you more than the UK? Yeah. It's kind of nuts out there, isn't it, as well? The old, uh, what is it? Death Leopard. Death Leopard technique. Is that what they did? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they broke over there. They too. broke over yeah. there, and then they yeah. broke over We watched the Skins do it as well, didn't we? But that's all this thing, like, you know, like, we've seen so many bands from here that we deem haven't been successful. They are, they've just been putting the slog in and stuff. As soon as they can do the few US tours and stuff, everyone in the UK is just like, oh yeah, they're putting the effort into it. And then they start to come out and say, right, you know, actually, yeah. I think there, there's just a lack, obviously it's vast, fans don't really, but like, we've noticed recently with like, the changes in the visa applications and uh, the US governments and stuff wanting to put more money into bands from the US, well that's only going to destroy it, because like, they rely on, like, they love our, like, the English bands, the English bands have been yeah. going over there influencing and making other bands go for years, you know, like, there's been a perfect balance between 
I mean, it's, just, yeah, yeah. it's not like you guys just go out there and go, oh, we're going to play three or four days. You're fucking slogging. You know? yeah, you're in the van and you're bashing it through. Course, there's, yeah. no, there's no other way of doing that nowadays as, as, a, no. as a touring band. You've got to do it fully. You know, if you do it half in, half out, that's okay. You do 50 shows a year, that's great. If that's all you can give, then you're doing your bit. Excuse me. But you're, you're seriously shit in the bed. If you've already got the van, you've already bought the tickets, and you, you do a week or up and down just for fun. If you Sorry, list. mate. There, there are people that need to hear that music. Up and down, there are people that need to have this conversation. Yeah. Up and down that coast. There you get out what you put in, mate. Always, mate. Always. If you make a loss yeah. twice, then you do it something wrong, in like, Yeah. We know bands that have just uh, looked at the distance and just given up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's shorter than that. Yeah, because you go from A to B to C to D rather than go from A to B. But we've, we've reinvested every penny. Like, none of us have taken a penny from this band. Like, appearance fees, merch, pretty much everything. So It all piles back in. Everything from day one. So we made that like a bad rule. So yeah. you, you, we all realise that at the end of the tour, for example, we take out all the expenses and we kind of split them over. But what we managed to do with that was establish the way that we talk. So we established the fact that we need very, very limited things to go for a very long time, but there's a couple of things that we'll never you know, compromise on. Like we need a, a decent band that's not going to fucking break down, because that yeah. is your home. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's all these things that other bands kind of cut corners on, or we go do it just the once. For us, it's never about doing anything once, ever. Yeah, but you do something once. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a learning experience. You do something once, you learn, and then you go back and you do it better yeah. again. Absolutely. Uh, to answer your question in a very succinct way, why are we growing up in America? I guess it was time for a young, energetic, handsome, rugged <laughs> young man from the UK to go over there so and start yeah, so making stuff. Yeah, so that's Tom blowing you up and he's talking along That's all you, bud. That's all the gold teeth. No, it was, it's, we're, we're really lucky. We did one and then five more came. So, so far, up to this point, what's been your favourite moment in BSB? The moment oh. when, you, when, when you think, when you've looked out, you've been on stage or you've been around, you just thought, fuck me, life does not get any better than this. This moment here, this is what effort's been leading up to. Oh, I don't know if there is one, but I don't know if there is one. There's been a few that have touched the same heartstrings. When we first released Blatant Propaganda, and we played Rebellion, no, not Rebellion, we played, I've been a, a home show in Brighton, and people sang our words back to us for yeah. the very first time ever. Because yeah. up until that point, everyone had just heard the, the, the songs live, and no one knew what the fucking lyrics were. But as soon as they had the album in their hands, it was almost like someone flipped the switch, and the next week, everyone came to the show, knowing all of the words, shouting them all back. That was amazing. Um, hearing the crowd sing the never look down on anyone uh, in one fall down a rebellion this year was, was, it took the air it nearly made me cry we did it as an opener it was stupid we did it as an opener and, and it took all of the wind out of the sails for the next like, three or four minutes I just couldn't couldn't yeah. get me full level of energy back up for, for you know but it hits you right in the chest oh actually. man didn't it it's just loads and as well small shit as well like you don't think about it like. I've become great, like, some of the lads have been to the States before, some hadn't, some hadn't even, like, and for, like, a few of us, it was like, oh, you go there and see the Pacific Ocean, you know, yeah, I've never seen the Pacific, <laughs> saw it, it was alright, <laughs> it was alright, it's just little bits you never think, like, it's like, days off in tour, like, you're constantly going, so we see town to town, like, 
very rarely seen towns like but recently we've started making little detours. Castle hunters, don't we? Castle hunters. We managed to see the Niagara Falls. Which is where it was called. It's incredible to see the bits that, you know, and even that has taken off bits that, you know, we wouldn't have to pay for, you know. Yeah. We're, we're working and earning and doing it and getting to see it at the same time. Getting to see the world. We're, we're, quite, we're quite good at enjoying the little things. So I remember five years ago, we made our first ever busy room. It was a Berwick football club. And we were the after party of this random punk all day out. And we thought no one would know who we were. Went there, it was a great response. This is right back in right back in the beginning day where we all wore different colour t-shirts. And we, um, I remember sitting there. Do you remember the tin roof? And it was raining. And we sat there at Berwick football ground. And we just passed a bottle down the line. And we all went, ah, oh, this is alright. <laughs> this is this is doing this it. Like this is how it's going to be now. So been, yeah, exactly. So there's been there's been a few of those every, every year. It's kept us going. But it's, it's just gonna make you sort of realise that this is all worthwhile. Just this for this one moment. All that shit we've all had to enjoy. Yeah. We've been through. This makes it worthwhile. Well, since that your lyrics back to you, right? There can't be anything like that. I I haven't you know, yet found a I haven't yet found a. That does it for me yet? Yeah. Like that does it? Maybe one day, you know, when you teach a kid to talk or whatever. Maybe, you know, getting getting beaten in an argument of logic by your four-year-old or whatever. <laughs> whatever is going to be around the corner for us or something. That first time you lose an argument, you kid, that's when you know it's all over. Yeah, hands up. That's it. No, but the the the, the double-edged sword. The flip side to that is, um, will anything ever be good enough? If you're enjoying them all as you yeah. go. And you're watching your kid grow exponentially, you know. See, that's, anything see, that's where I've been. I, I can say that. I've been lucky because I've been a stay-at-home parent from when my daughter was tiny all the way through to, to now. And for me, that's been better than anything I've ever done. We were talking about the book before, but that pales in comparison to see what she's achieved and how she's grown and what she's become, you know. So that is... So you got all this shit to look forward to, and you will love every step. I, we, we've already decided, haven't we, that we're going to do the, uh, was it Harry Nilsson? What was it? What's that? Our final days. Uh, our, and our final days. Oh yeah, we go to the, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere with a nice view. Yeah, drop top the cliff or something. Drive up there as old Ben, and, and sit there with big spliffs in hand, of course. Uh, probably get assier to that point. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm 70, I'm starting. Um, <laughs> We're putting too much, we're putting too much on the back burner for too long. I need to, oh, yeah, I need to take drugs. I haven't taken drugs in years. Um, we're going to sit there and we're going to listen to our entire back catalogue from, from way back then to hopefully a band that, that went for 30 years, 40 years. Uh, maybe then we'll be able to go. Yeah, we did something really cool. There we go. That was the Barcelona preachers. Well, mainly Tom. <laughs> He likes to chat, that boy. Um, yeah, but he chats a good game. Oh, um, he does, you know, yeah. He yeah, backs yeah. it up yeah. 100%, so big shout out to Tom because he's awesome. Yeah, he is, yeah, yeah. Really nice chap. If you're looking for the best new bands punk and hardcore have to offer, look no further than Engineer Records, sponsors of Mass Movement Presents. Let's talk about uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. This is another... Oh. Film close to your. Uh... Look, 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 you didn't even accuse me of making a sex noise. Oh. <laughs> I got a compilation of sex noises you make, don't worry. Pervert, you listen, you're listening to my house again, aren't you? Waiting late, waiting late at night when I get down on the computer. Oh. 
It's Tracy Lord. Oh. oh no, don't start now. Right, so no, fair enough. Battle Beyond the Battle Stars. Battle Beyond the Stars. Right, so this is what I think is about. It's about 1980. So yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. Towards yeah. the uh, tail end of the sort of first wave of Star Wars mania, it was Roger Corman's answer. Star Wars. Yes, yeah. Um, I haven't seen this movie, so... Who was the dude who made Terminator, the really famous director? James... Cameron. Cameron. He actually worked on Battle Beyond the Stars. Yeah. That's where he got his break. Yeah. With Roger Corman. Well, Corman, yeah, apparently brought a lot of the, uh, those sort of, like, he brought Cameron through. Yeah. He brought um, Scorsese through. Right. They all yeah, Jack Nicholson is break. Jack Nicholson, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but he, the, Battle Beyond the Stars is sort of like the Magnificent Seven in space. And what he's done is he's taken, like, a load of 60s and 70s that sort of has been actors at the time yeah. whose careers were going nowhere and he put them in this film so you got George Peppard John Saxon Robert Vaughan, Robert Vaughan all in this film together. and you know yeah, let's pull in John Boy from the Waltons Richard Thomas yeah yeah. and you know it gives it a sort of and the special effects aren't great but the film is just fantastic it's like this wild abandoned just let's make a science fiction film with all these weird aliens and things and then make like Magnificent Seven in space and it's brilliant from beginning to end, I've and I've seen that film. I think I sat down with my brother. We worked on this seventy six times. That really? I know of. Yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. Yeah, absolutely love it. Wow. Okay. And talk about wasting your life. I watched Battle Beyond the Stars seventy six <laughs> times. That's if anybody can even come close to equaling that. What other terrible films have you seen that many times? <laughs> I, saw, I saw Battle Beyond the Stars in the cinema. Wow. Okay. Uh, and, yeah. I've not seen it once. You, you're kidding me. You took no. all my goals, though. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, fair You've enough. seen it 76 times. I'm slow today. Oh, my brain chug, 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 chugging along. Yeah. But I've taken lots of people's goals yeah, 76 yeah. times. But you've got to have, you've got to watch it. Well, I, mean, I will, it's yeah. It's not that you can't find it on DVD. I think nobody's released it. That's not that Roger Corman. Oh, I've not released that pile of crap. That's it's one of those things you're going to find on YouTube or, you know... Some it's not on there. Dark, dark place on the internet somewhere. <laughs> oh, so now you're advocating going on the dark. Web. Chris says, let's go on the dark web, we'll get some Bitcoin and watch Battle Beyond the Stars. That's what we'll do, yes. Sounds like a good night. <laughs> your, your idea of a good night and my idea of a good night are vastly different, sir. But no, but, uh, Is it not available on DVD, surely? I think Region 1, maybe. Okay. But it's definitely not Region 2. Well, do we, see, I didn't even know if Region Codes apply to Blu ray players. I've got a Blu ray player. Because there was a surge in the Coleman uh, releases like a few years ago. They were like releasing all of his old stuff. Yeah, but it was mainly... I know it was about the House of Fashion. Yeah, the Raven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Raven, again, that's another brilliant horror film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's not even a horror film. It's just like a sort of Edgar Allan Poe adaptation with all horror acting which she's got my favourite flying in any film Peter Laurie turning to Boris Karloff oh you dirty old man but anyway he turns his... Is that what that's from? Did you say that before? Yeah, you did, old man. It comes from that. Yeah. I thought it was a step toe impression. <laughs> no, that's that's you, dirty old man. That's you, dirty old man. You, dirty old man. Right, from right. Raven. I, I just love people being called a dirty old man. I used to do. I used to do it too. There's a guy from Virginia called Glyn. Right. Uh, I used to do promote shows and stuff. And I call him the Colonel because he looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> right. He looks exactly like Colonel Sanders. I just call him the Colonel. I don't call him. Yeah. And whenever you used to make comments on Facebook, right, I just have, I had a clip of um, Harold Steptoe saying, you dirty old man. <laughs> and I just post that on everything he did. <laughs> to really wind him up. <laughs> you know, not, not that I was trying to be cruel, I think. Well, I was. And I yeah, really sure. Care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but back to Battle of the Other Stars. Fantastic film. It, it looks like they ploughed every bit of their budget into that film. 
and you know the budget wasn't high, but yeah. the, the effects are pretty darn good. The model making is superb, and the, the, the acting's not bad. George Peppard lives up to expectation. Robert Vaughan plays Robert Vaughan. Well, it's not a bad line, though. Like you say, they're all... Uh, they all. And John Saxon's great, because John Saxon's great. They all do a job. Everything. Yeah, but John yeah. Saxon's great. Everything. And, yeah, you know, John Boy Watton takes it really seriously. Richard <laughs> Thomas is really serious. And there's nobody saying, good night, Martin, or good night, Pa, or good night, John Boy. <laughs> so he just gets right into the role, and he's just like science fiction a go-go. <laughs> and it helps that the ship is flying. It looks like a flying pair of boobs. <laughs> it's also, it's, does it really? Yeah, oh, yeah, it really does, yeah. Wow. So, you know, that attracts you just when you're, when you're like, eight years old. This is my, Hello! I, <laughs> I know what that looks like. So, yeah. Well, it wouldn't be an episode of uh, Mass Move Presents if we didn't talk about summing Disney. Yeah, yeah. I want so, to talk about Space Mountain. I know you want to talk about Space Mountain. I love Space Let's Mountain. Let's talk about Space Mountain. What, do you want, what should we talk about Space Mountain? What should we say about Space Mountain? What, um, what should we discuss? It's one of my least favourite ATOT songs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. I don't know what you're talking about. That's the only way I got a Disney song past Gavin. Yes. Am <laughs> I yeah. using the Ric Flair quote? Yeah. So what's the song? Oh, it's about, it's about Ric Flair. <laughs> it's not really, it's about a roller coaster. <laughs> it's about... <laughs> He doesn't didn't realise he's playing somewhere anyway. Oh, it's a great song to listen uh, to listen to, but to play. Yeah. Do my head in. Because <laughs> it's like it, it's like sheer terror on Mogadon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Oh, in space mountain. Well, you. Take how the mic. awesome is it? Yeah. Right. You know when you get in the queue for it. Mm-hmm. Um. Because that again, that's another ride that's influenced by Star Wars. It hits around the same time Star Wars. It opens up in um, Disney World, I think, before Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, and you know you've got all this promise of a ride around these tracks and you get it and it's in the dark it's like in when these first roller coasters in the dark and you're plunging and plummeting around and there's all lights flashing and music playing it's just awesome it makes you feel like I'm stuck in some weird alternate version of the future and this is like the Jetsons may come, come to life it's fantastic <laughs> this is how the 50s imagined the 70s yeah. were going to be yes, yes. and imagine how the 2000s were going to be yeah. I've got my rocket set I'm flying around the universe I'm on a roller coaster in Disney World it's just perfect space Martin. do you reckon there'll be a day though when it's not there anymore no <laughs> why would there be what alright <laughs> okay, me Tim. and you sir okay, are going to have words okay, we, should, we should go outside and have words in a minute <laughs> don't we? How, could, how, could, how could there be a day without space Martin? They don't know. They seem to be like you know chopping and changing a lot of rides. Yeah, but they're not going to take space mountain. No, I, I, I hope not. That's I like mean, somebody saying they're going to take they're going to take away it's a small one. That's not going to. No, happen, no, no, right? no. They're not going to take away it's a small one. They're not going to take away the haunted mansion. They're not going to take away space mountain. And if they do, there will be trouble. <laughs> oh, there'll be petitions. Big capital T. <laughs> I shall write a very sternly worded letter. <laughs> Dear sir, madam. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you remove the roller coaster what I like and visit every five or six years or so? How dare you? Love Tim, age Love. 48. <laughs> <laughs> 47, you cheeky person. Oh, sorry. <laughs> 48. Oh, goodness. I'm not 48 till next year. Do they put me in my grave before I'm ready to get in there? <laughs> Worst my missus. No. She says, like, my, my retirement fund depends on you dying early. You're not even going to have a stroke when I want you to have a stroke anymore. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, I can get away with this because she doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, I would hate it if they took. I mean, Space Mountain is one of those uh, classic Disney rides. Which... It's a perennial. It's just a sort of, you know, it's a staple. Yes, for sure. Yeah. You know, that's, it's just you get there. Like the last time I went, probably stayed there for two weeks. When uh, so we got up dead early in the morning. So I was jet lagged, and I saw the sunrise and all this kind of stuff. So we left for uh, Magic Kingdom, 
together for 10 o'clock. And the first thing I did, I marched all the family straight across to Space Mountain. Because that's the first thing we have to do with Space Mountain. Space Mountain is the whole thing. All that kind of stuff. That, that, it's just part and parcel. Yeah, it's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. You go in and you up and down the rocks and you can hear the ride start in this sort of dark and interior. It's just, oh. Yeah. It's, it's a thing unto itself. And now that you've mentioned Space Mountain, I've got to start counting my pennies because now I need to go and ride it again. <laughs> I blame you. Sorry, man. Speaking about nostalgia, one of my favourite oh, your favourite show TV shows of all time is Twilight Zone, and right. it's the classic one. Rod Serling's. Yeah. But all comes Rod Serling's weird. What was it fifty nine to sixty three something? Like I ran. No, fifty nine to sixty five. There's like six or seven. Seasons, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, the budget was cut a heck and back by the time it finished. Yes, it was, it was. Yeah. The first, I think, four series, four seasons are just phenomenal. Yeah, they're untouchable. They're um, so different to anything else. Was there was there was lots of sort of sci-fi in that time, yeah. you know, the space race, blah blah blah. Um, but nobody sort of combined that with the weird as well. And right, you know, and it was just such. Obviously, I wasn't there at the time, but I'm talking about like when I first first saw it in the 80s. It just uh, hit on with me. It's kind of uh, Star Wars got me into sci-fi. This right. took me beyond. Well, it, it, it maybe it changed your perception of what science fiction was. Cause Star yeah, Wars yeah, yeah. Is one set thing, and the Twilight Zone is arguably it covers all the different tenets of the genre. It's, it's just it's it's here, it's there, it's everywhere. You never know where it's going to end up from one minute to the next. And anything black and white I watched then was just a bit boring to me at that young right. age. But then I watched this, and it just it went into everything I was saying. It was like, whoa. You know it's I mean? weird because. I remember when I was like uh, three or four, the first time I saw a black and white film, I was just thinking, did the world used to be in black and white? Yeah, did yeah. It become colour? Yeah, yeah. Why did yeah. they ever get colour? Yeah. And it's not until you see something like The Wizard of Oz and you realise, ah, 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 Yeah. So did the world change from black and white to colour while they were making this film? Or, yeah, we, it was captured on film yeah, when they that, changed. Like the, the absolute instant when the world like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be colour now. We don't want to be black and white and monochrome anymore. We want to be colour, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it launched again. It launched the careers of um, oh, so many actors. Well, there's loads of TV actors at the time. Everybody was apparently clamouring to get into. I mean, William Shatner, Burgess Meredith. Uh, Burgess Meredith was a couple of them. I remember he was in the uh, one with the oh god, what's the episode called? The guy with the glasses when Time Lord at last is it? Yeah, when he's got all the books to read. Yeah, that's my favourite episode um, ever. Mister, what's his face? The strong. Yeah. When the aliens grant him the power to be incredibly yeah, strong, he's yeah. previously picked upon. It's just yeah. Some of them are quite outlandish, but it's still worth it. It was just so... It doesn't matter. I, li- I like outlandish. I like outlandish. It's not... Outlandish is like listening to heavy metal, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the more outlandish a heavy metal band is, the better they are. Yeah. Okay, so outlandish is the difference between listening to, say, I don't know, Airborne and Crave the Filth, right? Okay, Or yeah. listening to... Um, who's that one with Justin Hawkins in? The Darkness. The, 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 the Darkness <laughs> and Ensiferum, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Ensiferum completely overblown tons of orchestral stuff going on and then there's the darkness yeah yeah Ugh. airborne and Craig the filth give me Craig the filth any day of the week oh sure I like theatrics I like the theatrics I like overblown I'll yeah. push the limits which is why I like the Twilight Zone it felt like an experience as well when Rod Serling came out you know, you'd have the intro you'd set the story yeah. up and then like you'd be like right guys I'm going to stop you here because you're about to go in the Twilight Zone it was almost like a warning like right. t- turn around now if you want to, you interesting know. bit of trivia about the Twilight Zone you know they got the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror Oh yeah, that's awesome. Right. Well, you know when you get onto it, 
mm. and you've got um, the camera, and it shows you the film of, of Rod Serling, or the guy impersonating Rod Serling. Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know the voice actor, because there's a voice actor, and there's uh, Rod Serling lookalike, but I know the Rod Serling lookalike. You know him? Yeah. No way. Yeah. That's there's a guy so called cool. Robert Ryan. Okay. And he used to run a magazine called Girls and Corpses. Right. Which was basically girls and pictures of corpses. <laughs> and Robert's phenomenally funny. And he um, used to be a comic book artist, comic book illustrator, and he wrote like horror comics. Then he moved on to doing Girls and Corpses, which was basically interviews with people from the uh, horror movies and pornography starlets. And he put them in with like, do you porno shoots, but not like full on dirty porn, or, like soft porn from the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, like, yeah zombies and things like that okay so it, it, it was a really bizarre magazine it's really funny and it sort of fitted robert ryan's sense of humor yeah and he um knew rod serling when he was a kid okay because he grew up in the entertainment business and he looks exactly like him when his hair's come no back and that he's the he's the guy in the film and on twilight on tower terror that's that's rob ryan wow okay that's really yeah. awesome and he told me the story himself and said yeah this this is me because you know this. <laughs> so yeah wow so, i mean uh Twilight Zone, I didn't dig the 80s remake. No, not at all. Uh, it just didn't capture the same... Um... It didn't have the atmosphere, no, the spirit, no. or the sense of adventure. Yeah. And... Cause the, when, new when... one, the new one does, really does. Is, is there a new one? There's a 2019 one, yes. Uh, I'm four episodes in at the moment. So where, where may I see this wondrous thing? Oh, we'll talk about, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, you naughty fellow, yeah. you. I'm, I, I will have it known that I'm a very law-abiding citizen when it comes to all these kind of things. Me, me too. Yes, I, <laughs> I, I, I never break the law, says Chris. No. <laughs> Hashtag pirate bait, Chris. <laughs> Hashtag Captain Chris's pirate adventure. Ah, me la, me hearties. I be watching the Twilight Zone. I be. I know you're doing it. You yes. Cheeky bugger. Anyway, cheeky it's worth bugger. checking because it's awesome. Right. And it's it's more in in line with. Serling's version, yeah. Serling's view of how it should have been. Yeah. For sure, yeah, yeah. It's modernised, right? But still in line with his his uh, original view. So uh, I'd advise you check it out any way you can. <laughs> Not any way you can. Hashtag Le- joining Captain Chris on the voyage <laughs> of the Dam, baby. Preferably legal. Preferably legal, yes. <laughs> don't be following. Don't be following Chris's version. Paris the Caribbean, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> You're one of the lucky millions who've seen the Joker. <laughs> yeah, you're one of the you're one of the few who hasn't. I'm one of the losers who hasn't yet. Loser, so, loser. <laughs> so go on in. Give us your opinion. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely incredible. It's 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 completely different for a superhero film. Right. So it's more like. Can we describe it as a superhero film? Though? Is it still? Ah. Uh, yeah, well, it's sort of an anti-hero. I mean, I think the problem is if any if you people are worried that the audience is going to identify with with Joker with Arthur the central character uh, who becomes the Joker but you do because there are bits in his life which everybody can attest to I've been in a similar position I've seen that's happened to me granted not everything happens to people and not everybody is uh, as mentally ill as Arthur is but it's it's like a, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful study of one man's descent into madness yeah yeah um, through a combination of his own genetics and the way society treats him the way so, and, and it's a it's a damning exploration of the way society as a whole treats people if they don't have any money if, if you're poor if you're born poor you're screwed 
you know. And really? This is, okay. Yeah, it's just, this is just, this is going to happen to you. If this happens to you, this is what, so it's, yeah. But um, uh, it's just, it's just marvellous. He's been tipped for an uh, Oscar. Oh, he should he? get it. He yeah. should get it. Yeah. I mean, there are some unfortunate choices in music. The uh, inclusion of Gary Glitter's, one of Gary Glitter's. Oh, yeah, songs. yeah. Yeah. That's an unfortunate But I mean, I think. There's been a bit of a uproar about that because obviously he's in yeah. royalties from that, though, isn't he? Well, the royalties aren't going to him, they're going to the people who actually hold. Uh, oh, control. really? Yeah, publishing control. So they, oh, okay. they'll actually, I think, they go into the victims of Gary Glitter's victims and to funds to help oh, that's a good victims theory. of sexual predators. Because yeah. um, obviously, no money's going to Gary Glitter. But there are lots of wonderful touches. It's more like if, if Martin Scorsese hmm. wrote a DC book, this is what the story would be. Wow, okay. Because it's just, it's not an easy film to watch. Uh, my daughter saw it on Saturday. Yeah. And she said there are bits that she really she, she really liked. But on the whole, it wasn't for her. And she didn't, like, she, she didn't think the story was strong enough to carry the film. Okay. Um, but I think it was. Um, there was a scene where she said, I know that you were the died laughing when you saw when you saw this bit and I'm like oh what about the robbers I just said this the bit with the midget and it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah I did <laughs> <laughs> and I was probably one of the only people um, can also have laughing I'm not going to tell you I'm not going to ruin this okay, no, it's a midget bit and you go when you see you go yes I know what you mean yeah <laughs> that's funny because yeah. right okay uh, you've got a certain sense of humour to yeah but it's, yeah. I mean, it, it ties into the uh, Batman mythology perfectly okay um, but it's, it's literally like watching Taxi Driver and King of Comedy smashed together and there's other bits if you love cinema if you love film you'll get um, like when he's dancing on the stairs you seen that bit yeah 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 in the trailer the steps yeah. there yeah. do you recognise him uh, no not really oh, well the exorcist oh really yeah well Father Damien plunges down yeah, the steps yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so the fa- he plunges down the steps and then dies in the exorcist yeah yeah and it's those stairs in which the joke is actually yeah, born well. in the film yeah so it's like a, it's like a beautiful little ode to William Friedkin so it's ultimately the uh, how how he becomes the Joker, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Okay. He, he's not. He has no homicidal tendencies or uh, outright desire to be a criminal before the film starts. It's just, just the Arthur. way. It's just Arthur, you know, this poor bugger who's played by uh, but like, sort of by Tourette, which manifests itself as a as a maniacal laugh. Um, who plays a clown? You know, and and like sign, and he goes to kids' parties, and there's all this kind of thing. He works for clown agency. And like life pushes him in those yeah. certain directions. Yeah, yeah. And life and people, and just the way the world is set up. Would you like to see him continue in that role, or is it? Something... I would love to see him play a full blown Joker, Joker now, as he's established in the Batverse. But I mean, I would love to see Frank Miller's Dark Knight on. On, yeah, on yeah. I would love to see I guess I mean you could say I would love to see George Clooney play Batman but George Clooney's played Batman he's never going to go back to that but I would love to see a, a middle aged sort of haggard beaten up Batman yeah you know approaching pension. do you think Affleck played that well or I, 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 that see this is the thing I would have loved to have seen Affleck's take on Batman I would have loved to have seen Affleck as a, in a solo Batman film I think he, yeah. I think he was brilliant as Batman yeah, yeah. I absolutely did yeah um, I think we've been robbed have a really great Batman film. I mm. hope we're going to get a really great Batman film now with Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Um, as long as he doesn't go all sparkly and twinkly, I couldn't <laughs> You know, I, I really don't care. I mean, Jeffrey Wright's been cast as Jim Gordon. Oh, really? Which okay. is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, you know, as Felix Leiter, he was awesome. Yeah, yeah. 
So to see uh, Joaquin. 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 Okay. Um, the film's made so much money that I think it's going to be an inevitability. Yeah, yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. But so he will, at some point, return to the role. Yeah, yeah. And resurrect the Joker. <laughs> You're going to get all misty-eyed later tonight when the Star Wars trailer is sent. Yes, I know. You're not the only one. Yeah. I always said they're crying. Yeah. It's all coming to an end. I'm wondering what you, time it's going to drop, though. It's gonna... You bloody ruined my life. Crying. Well, apparently Palpatine's in the trailer. That I've seen this within uh, a bit of a leak, apparently. Who told you that? Well, see, the fella what sold me the Twilight Zone DVDs, you see, see? <laughs> yeah. He told me that the Palpatine yeah. didn't see. I know Star Wars. <laughs> I, know th- I, I know things about Star Wars, Lily. I know, I know things. Uh, I know com. things. <laughs> <laughs> Red said to Chris, right, big picture. What do you know today, Chris? I know things about Star Wars today. Palpatine, that's what I know. And over. And He'll be there, I know. My, I got my sources. <laughs> what sources have you got? I got George, George Lucas's janitor. <laughs> now, my George hasn't been involved with this film, like, but the word is, see, Chris? <laughs> No, how? What sources? Oh, no, just you know the usual people what, what online. Crappy, what what crappy form have you been on? <laughs> said Palpatine's gonna be in this. He's gonna be in the trailer. Oh. I'm telling you. You reckon? Yeah. You reckon? And put a disclaimer on this tomorrow when it's recorded and Palpatine's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Baxi, not Baxi. If he's not in this trailer, you've got it. You've got to take a picture of your slong and put it on. And, and, and put it on. <laughs> That'll be the cover of the next. Yes. No, it won't. Don't you listen to that? Oh no no no. Don't take the. Oh, I'm, I'm, the pushing, I'm pushing myself into a corner. I don't. I don't yeah. Next I'm, week I'll give you the lowdown on Joker two. <laughs> <laughs> Jacquard's revenge. Yeah, Jacquard's revenge. Yeah. <laughs> the Jacquard. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, my Christmas Ramalama ding dong. <laughs> okay, moving swiftly on then. So. This uh, last couple of weeks has seen uh, the WWE do what the WWE always end up doing. Roping celebrities in to boost their ratings. Yeah, but for no reason. It's pointless. Tyson Fury is going to be wrestling Braun Strowman at Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. If he doesn't have the temper for it. Braun Strowman will come charging towards him and Tyson Fury will have one of his meltdowns and just chin him in the middle of the ring. Well, Tyson Fury is going to be fighting soon now. Yeah. Uh, He's trying to set up a match with Deontay Wilder. So he's not going to come to any harm whatsoever. Right. But If he beats Braun Strowman, it just makes Braun Strowman look weak. The terrifying thing is, right, Tyson Fury is going to be in fighting shape. Yeah. And we all know he's mental anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just going to chin Braun Strowman in the middle of the ring. He's yeah. just going to be like King of the Ring all over again. When Butterbean went against Bill yeah, yeah, yeah. Barkgun. Yeah. And pop, one thing, 
gone done. Yeah, if it was legit, Tyson would drop him and that'd be it. Like, yeah, but it's not going to be yeah, legit. Half-beat. And therefore, Tyson's not going to lose. Right. Um, it's just going to make Braun Strowman look weak. Tyson gets a, a payday, yeah. and then you've just left you got your top your top guy looking weak. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. I know these rich uh, sheiks in Saudi Arabia just won these dream matches because they got the Team Hogan versus Team Flair match as well. Because because they can't have Hogan versus Flair because they're just too geriatric. You shut up about Ric Flair, don't you dare. <laughs> if Ric Flair wanted to wrestle in that ring, there's not a man alive who could beat him. All right. All right. Heartbreak Kid got lucky. End of story. <laughs> well, I mean, if, you know, back in the 80s, it was okay for WWE to have celebrities in. It was yeah. sort of believable. Because we were also... We, I was so, we, we're a bit more clued in now. Fans are clued in now to the how wrestling works. Yeah. When Mr. T... I mean, I know it's an age thing as well, but when Mr. T jumped in with Hogan... Against, awesome. against Piper. Yeah, was I, was, awesome. I was fully expecting Mr. T to lay a smackdown. And, you know... The terrible thing is, we're both sat here now, yeah. waiting for one or the other one of us to launch into a dreadful Mr. T impression. <laughs> and you know it's going to happen. I pity the fool, I pity the fool. So, I'm just get, I'll just get out of the way. So it, I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> so am I. It's like a big weight off my shoulders. Yeah. I mean, it's just... Um, yeah, back then it was acceptable, but I just don't know why they do it now. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever to me. I. It's a huge cash-in. Yeah. And I'd rather just see two good wrestlers have a good match now. Well, when we all, when we all, but I mean, who else has been? Who else have we seen in there? I remember, like recently, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes appeared on AEW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're scheduled to appear on SmackDown the week after. Yeah. And the WWE cancelled their performance like that. They went, "No, you're not doing it now because you were on AEW." Yeah. And I said, "Oh, but you know them mates with." Jericho, and then he's interviewed them, and he's got down them, and he's talked to them, and now you're going to be petty enough to say, well, you can't come on our show, because you spoke to Christopher Jericho, and you, you, <laughs> yeah. you did the wrestling there. Yeah, it's, it's you know, stupid, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even like they made a big thing of it, they just showed Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes stood there at the beginning of the show, and then they cut to, you know, Chris Jericho being Chris Jericho. Yeah. And that was it. Well, they should, the, the celebrities should be used in... I remember all those years ago, I think it was like, uh, I want to say... It was they always used to have celebrities pop up every now and then. I, I think know like Steve Aviel's Sam... popped up on WWE, like yeah. Arrow and... Do you remember like SummerSlam, I think it was 94 or 95, when they had the Naked Gun guys going around, Leslie Nielsen, and right. they were looking for The Undertaker, but they were like, they were in... Um... In character. Yeah. In... But it's, it's ridiculous, because you, you always had, you've always had stars pop up, because it's like, all oh, the celebrities like to rub shoulders with the WWE, because they're going to get promotion for their film. Yeah. Right? WWE can get paid by their publicists to have them featured on these shows, so it's like a joint win. You know, you get publicity for your film, and you get WWE gets paid. Do I think there's a need for anyone? No, I don't think there's a need no. for anymore. I don't think there's a need for anything like that anymore. I don't think there's a need for like that kind of cross pollination. What I would like to see is bands being featured on yeah WWE events again. Yeah, and good bands like like yeah. Motorhead. Yeah, well, Motorhead but, one. You know, uh, bands. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, there's been some dreadful bands on there. Limp Bizkit. If you did that, I mean, could you imagine like having Guar on AEW? <laughs> How awesome, awesome was that? Yeah. yeah. You know? <laughs> and a no holds barred match introduced by Guar. Yeah. <laughs> that would be fantastic. That's yeah, yeah. the kind of thing you want to see. I don't want to see you know Donald Trump wrestling Vince McMahon. I think it's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh God, remember that? Yeah. When they had, it was a Stone Cold at one corner, wasn't it? And, um, I, I, I forget that guy's name. It's just, it's, Umaga, was it? It's just the kind of thing that makes you want to cry. Yeah. 
Why wrestling come down to this? It's just <laughs> dreadful. Well, yeah, again, I, I just think it's a massive cash and I see why they do it, you know, for the cash and for the ratings, but it's ultimately the product's suffering though, ultimately. Yeah. People are just going, oh, God, this, you know, they watch that well, one I would thing. Ar- but... I would argue, right, at this point, WWE's product has suffered anyway. Yeah. And I would also argue that AEW, as much fun as it is, harkens back to almost the Attitude Era. Yeah, 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 yeah. With more of a sort of a WCW flair, like a Nitro flair to it. Because yeah. sometimes you can see because of the camera angles. Yeah. That it's not as real as it's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. But it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. AEW is sure. much more fun than WWE at the moment because the, the guys are just going there. It's running. Yeah. It's predominantly you know um, dudes in their late thirties, early forties, fast approaching fifty doing it yeah but they're still having a blast they're still having a ball and they're still doing it they've got a good a, a, an underbelly of young talent which they're obviously they're bringing through like you know when um they're going to use the old guard to push them to push yeah the yeah new yeah guard which up. is how it should be yeah i mean i mean they haven't got too many wrestlers as well which again wwe wwe have just sort of every sort of uh free agent with an ounce of uh character about them or an ounce yeah. of it's just been snapped up by WWE, gone into the development territories and just been lost. Well, NXT is a much better show than yeah, yeah, yeah. You either need the Raw or SmackDown. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, the character development's better, the storylines are better. Yeah. The wrestling's far better. Yeah. And it just seems that when they when wrestlers go from NXT up to the main roster, they put the brakes on them. Yeah, so you sure, can't yeah. do that anymore. You can't do this. And it's like, well, I was doing that there. Why can't I do this here on a bigger stage? Yeah. Like everybody looked better, but they just don't do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, we've seen the rise now as well. They got we obviously got AEW, uh, the old NWA, NWA was back now as well. Yeah. Uh, the old studio format, which yeah. is really good to see. They got a, an amazing roster. So it's an exciting time to be w, um, a wrestling fan. Yeah. But I just think WWE keeps shooting themselves in the foot with this. Uh... Do you know what they need? You know what WWE needs? They need us to write for them. We, we've said, this, said we? this before. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, Vince, you give us a call, we'll fix your thing. It's yeah. only going to cost you, I know, six figure salary for Christmas, yeah. six figure salary for me. Yeah. I'll be fine. We'll sort you Vince. We'll, we'll fix all your problems, mate. <laughs> I, I don't mind you coming in and shouting at me and striding towards me with your big roided up arms and your big roided up legs. I just find it really funny. <laughs> and you could beat me up if, if I get paid six figures salary you could beat me up every day you do what you like to me yeah. <laughs> well within reason within reason Christopher within reason hey, hey, hey you got restrictions six figures do what you like to me <laughs> <laughs> okay let's have another track then this is a band called Bear Away the song's called Part and Labour it's from an album called Never in the Same Place again on Engineer Records uh, check it out Oh, 
Okay, that was Bear Away, Pants and... Pants? Pants and Lever. Pants and Lever. Pants and Lever from the album... Dirty Boy. Never in the same place uh, after an engineer record. Always fixated below the groin. I know, I know. Filthy chap. Filthy, filthy, filthy chap. Well, we're at the end of another episode, so all we've got left to do now is a couple of shout-outs. So Earth Island Books... Yeah. All the awesome launches. Yeah. Uh, um, and Engineer Records. Engineer Records. Who for, the, are, for some awesome bands or some um, tracks. Being our new sponsors. And they're going to be our new sponsors. Um, and I'd like to massive shout out to Tomorrow's Publishing for Retro Mag because I honestly, I can't big this mag up enough. It's I'll be checking it's out. So sure. much fun. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really funny. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's just refreshing to read this kind of thing and, you know, not have to think about well, I, I, I must keep up with modern culture. I don't need to keep up with modern culture. I don't want to keep up with modern culture. I old want to culture say, get the old best. culture is good. Old yeah. culture will fit. I yeah. want to keep up with the things I like. Yes. I don't give a stuff about the things kids like. <laughs> False to kids. Anyway. Shout out to uh, Ramala. Ramala and to Grade 2 because, you know, oh. those kids are just smashing it. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know, say, oh, F the kids and all that kind of stuff, but those boys are just completely smashing it. Yeah. Ruling. Hop on a ferry, boys. Get to the mainland. We want to see you. <laughs> They're in America at the moment. They're touring the touring states. Really? Yeah, they're just in the Pirates Press big boat show. They're having like a, a rock oh, on the high okay. seas thing. They were doing that. Get on a plane um, then. Well, come on, and we'll go down to London to see you. Because yes. I think the other way's down south somewhere. Oh, I don't know. You could get me started again. I'm like <laughs> terrible geographical. You, you need sleep. I do. I need lots of it. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> party I'm old and I'm weak. <laughs> Your powers are weak, old man. If Palpatine doesn't appear, you're dead. I know. I'll well, kill you myself. Or at least I owe, I owe a picture. <laughs> Special picture on the internet. But for all you living, for all you unlucky ladies. <laughs> all right then. And uh, on that note, we'll uh, we'll leave it there. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, we'll check in again with you soon. Yeah. Take care. Ta-da-da. Bye-bye.